Next few weeks, I'm going to be talking about what some of the things I have been processing over the few weeks I was reading and doing some research. Uh, I want to talk about God. And here's what I've, co- I've spent, I talk to people and, I, and I'll ask people what they think. And I find, unfortunately, there's become a big question mark behind God. God, really? God, does he exist? God, is he, is he for real? Kind of interesting. The Harris Poll of last year said that 23% of adults don't believe there is a God. That's up from 12% in 2007. We are going the wrong way. Twenty percent are very religious. That's a term we'll talk about later. Forty percent are somewhat religious, which is down from about forty-nine percent. Forty-seven percent believe in Darwin's theory of evolution, which is up from forty percent. Where correlation between belief in God does he exist or not, and the thinking of a theory about the origin of life. 39% believe in creationism, which is down from about 45%. And 36% believe in UFOs, okay? (laughs) And ghosts. God, really? As we think about this, 75% believe in God, but in that belief, is he, and this is the point, is he God of revelation or is he God of imagination? Think about that for a minute. Is he the God of revelation? It's in your notes. Is he God of imagination? What's the answer? What is the answer? Because there seems to be today people, even though there is a, a 75% that believe there's a God, for some of them it's the God they've imagined. The God that they have drawn up in their own mind or their emotions or their preference even. And there seems to be a huge crisis of doubt today in our world. Even among believers to some degree. The crisis of doubt is a doorway to discovering God, where it always starts. When you begin to doubt, does he exist? He has a way of making himself known. And and then people choose to accept or reject that. So I want to share two thoughts with you today. Number one is this. You can believe in a God you can't see because you can see what he has made. Romans chapter 1, verse 19. And I'm going to talk about verse 18 next week. You want to be here? And verse 21. But I'll, I'll talk about 19 and 20 today. They know the truth about God. The Apostle Paul is building a case for the gospel of Jesus Christ that comes to rescue man from his sinful plight. And he, he says, they know the truth about God. Wow. He said that to everybody, Jew and Gentile. They know the truth about God because he has made it 
obvious to them. Undeniable. Forever since. How is it obvious? I mean, that's a broad claim, isn't it? Isn't that a strong word? God's been obviously revealed to you. God's made himself known to you without doubt. You say, how do you do that, man? I've not seen God. I mean, he's invisible. How do you know he really exists? Can you prove he exists? Well, the evidence says he exists. For Look, verse 20, for ever since the world was created. Now, created means this. Something comes out of nothing. That's what that means. There was nothing, and then there was something. Now, the, the modern thought, the progressive thought of the day, and virtually the in conclusion of Darwin's theory of evolution is that basically you had no one plus nothing equals everything. That's the bottom line. You just That's the bottom line. There was no one with nothing, and now we have everything. Well, Paul says that's not how life works. That's not how it all started. There was a creator. The world was created. There had to be a designer. And there had to be someone greater than the natural. There had to be someone who was supernatural. God created. And he's, look at this. People have seen the earth. Through the eye, you've seen the earth. The sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly, obviously, see his invisible qualities. His eternal power and his divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. And that's very emphatic in the Greek. They have no excuse. They don't have any wiggle room. Case closed. And so you look at this. I've had a, had a conversation with a young man, uh, and he was struggling, and life wasn't going well, had all kind of problems, and, and, and very defeated, and, you know, trying to find his way in life, and so he, 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 we started the conversation, and, and uh, he said, I just want to talk to you about some things. He said, man, that's awesome. Let's talk, and, and we're doing this, and uh, uh And uh, he's, he's telling me his life, and it's pretty messed up, and I feel for him. And, and, I, and, I, and I, so I, I naturally go to, well, I understand what you're going through, and I understand there's a lot of physical issues in your life, a lot of emotional issues, and a lot of financial issues, and pretty much a mess. I, I said, can I, can I ask you about your spiritual life? And his words were, oh, I don't believe in God. Nah, not again. I didn't give it a thought. I do not believe there's a God. Can I ask why you don't believe there's a God? Well, you can't see him. Can't believe in what you can't see. So I don't believe in God. And I ask this question a lot when people tell me they, they don't, because most people struggle and they go, hey, so, so what, is it working for you, this belief system you have? And there's a long, long, long silence. And they said, no. Well, you're open to looking at some other possibilities. I don't know. Well, let's meet again and talk. And we had some several conversations to follow. And 
But the issue is, if you can't see God, how do you know he exists? People would say, if God would just show himself, I would believe in him. I would, I would believe him. You got buddies in high school. You got people in college. You got even people in middle school saying, you know, I just don't know about God because you can't ever see him. And if he just showed himself, man, everybody would believe. No, they wouldn't. God showed himself to Israel in a cloud by day and a fire by night. And they didn't believe. Jesus walked this earth 2,000 years ago and did miraculous things. And the majority of people did not believe in him. No. God's made himself known. There is something rather than nothing. That's how you know there's a God. Uh, I look and I see you, and therefore, because you exist, I know there's a God. I look out and I see amazing uh, sunrise. And I realize that God exists. I see a beautiful sunset because God exists. I see the great smoky mountains, and I'm going, man, what an amazing thing, God, that you exist. Look at all this something that exists that had to have a beginning point, had to have someone that started the ball rolling. There's something rather than nothing. The naturalist wants to, us to believe that, that no one times nothing equals everything. We're just here by accident. There's not a person in this room here by accident, and there's not a thing in creation that's here by accident. Say, so what about all the bad stuff? Another sermon, I'll get to that, but that's not God's fault. That's God's grace and love and action working in the midst of evil and suffering. I want you to understand the church today has got to be so aware of how to communicate the God, not to prove it. We can't prove there's a God. I'm asked this on a, can you prove to me there's a God? No, I can't. And they go, why? Why are you a preacher? Because I can't prove there's a God? No. I can ask you to look at the evidence, and the evidence will prove there's a God. I can't prove there's a God. I can just point you to the evidence. Talk about that day. You look around and you see the evidence of, of a master designer, a, 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 someone with, with a plan and with intention and with capability. The nature is the evidence that an all-powerful God exists. God spoke the world into existence in the beginning. God created, displaying his glory. Man suppresses the existence of God by denying it. What Paul is saying, God give you something without excuse. Now, verse 18, we're going to clarify that really next week. But he said, here's what's happening. You look around, you see, God had to do, someone had to do this. And the only person that stepped up and said they did it is God. God said, I have created the earth for you to enjoy and experience. Uh, and, and life and all that it is. So you see the, the beauty of everything around you. And yet man suppresses the existence of God. And here's the tragedy. You say, what's happening in our world today? Because we have suppressed the truth about God. Either some believe he doesn't exist, or some say they have a different idea of God from what's revealed in the Bible. They have a, a warped idea of God or an imagination of God. And therefore, that still suppresses truth about God. And in the process, when you suppress truth about God, you know what else follows? It follows like clockwork. Then 
you suppress morality. If there is no God, there's no morality. Every man does that's right in his own eyes. And if you look around today, you see the evidence of a world that is suppressing the truth about God. You see it every day. I get something on my app. I got a Fox News app. And every day, I see acts of violence. I watched acts of disrespect. I watched acts of, of rebellion. I see tragedy. I see massive addictions. I, I see all these things that simply point to the fact that we have suppressed our truth about God to the point that now we have no reason but to live out in our own desires and lust and appetite. Nature itself is the best argument for the intelligent design, the supernatural power, and the, and the existence of God, requiring faith just beyond reason. It is what it is. Second thing, you don't have to prove the obvious. Here's what we know. You are, look at this. Well, you don't have to prove the obvious. The evidence speaks for the existence of God in the complexity of design. Second point. See it? You can see it here. You don't have to prove the obvious. The evidence speaks for the existence of God and the complexity of design. Psalms 19.1. The heavens proclaim the glory of God. Anybody like to, when you were a kid or even now as an adult, do you ever, did you ever go outside and look at the sky? and look at the stars and just stare at them for a while? Did you ever do that? Raise your hand. Do that. What were you thinking when you did that? Did it kind of overwhelm you? Did you feel rather small? And did you feel like, gosh, this is so amazing? And you go, wow, look at all that. And oh, you, you experience the warmth of the sun. The look, and the design takes place. There's a sun that shows up in the morning, a sun that shows up in the, in the afternoon. In the end of the day. It's such an amazing sight. Do you know in Key West, every afternoon people gather to watch the sunset? We were in Key West several years ago and, and there was a big deal. They go to certain, there's, there's a place uh, just right there at the end of the island. People come up in their boats, they drive there, and they celebrate the sunset. Because there's something about it that says this is so Incredible. This is so amazing. It reminds us that something is so um, beyond human word. Human ability exists. Wow. The complexity of design. Look at the next verse. Day after day. Look at the day after day. Go back to verse 2. Day after day, 
They continue to speak. Night after night, they make him known. Look at that. He said, look, the heavens declare the glory of God. They speak volumes about his existence. It is undeniable as, the, as you look at the stars of night and the sun of the day. And day by day with sunrise and sunset, they simply tell us he's here. He exists. Verse 3, they speak without a sound. Isn't that amazing? Because I've never heard a star speak. And the sun ain't said anything loud. But sure speaks volumes. And uh, they speak without a sound or a word. Their voice is never heard. Yet their message has gone throughout the earth and their words to all the world. And God has made a home in the heavens for the sun. Every day is a demonstration of the incredible intelligence of God, the power of God, the knowledge of God that is undeniable, is obvious, and only... With the darkness of a mind, you deny there's an existence of God day by day by day and think yourself to be wise. Wow. The fact of a little cell, I had to, I took a class and I had to have a, there's science and and, and uh, it was on the, but they had to have a book that was an inch thick. Now, I, you say, how do you know it's an inch thick? Because I try to find books that are under an inch thick when I had to read them in, in school. They were an inch thick, 600-something pages. Because I always look at the back and see how much i got to read. It was on the cell, 600 pages on the cell. This little, very... Minute part of life that is the reason there is life, the cell. In Darwin's theory of evolution, it was a very simple process. It was just a cell and basically not much to it because not much was known, not much was discovered. And he even made the statement in his black box that if ever, if ever there is a complexity to the cell, my theory will not hold up. And yet it is still taught today like it's the gospel, and it is not. But here's what we do know. The cell is complex because now... Sir Frederick Hawes made the statement, if you took the complexity of the cell based on the DNA that determines so much individually in the cell, how it's the energy of the body, how it multiplies, how it functions, how it operates, to believe that a cell could randomly become life, that all of a sudden the cell would appear and there would be life and it would function, to believe that possible without a designer, you would take the, the, the number one and put 40 thousand zeros behind it to be any remote possibility of happening. There is a God because the heavens say so. And may I tell you, you don't need a preacher to tell you that. The heavens declare it. Psalm 139 verse 14. I love the psalmist. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You made me complex. I want to say something to the to the women and the ladies, you ladies in high school, middle school, and your children and, and you women that are out there. If your husband or your boyfriend ever says to you, you're really complicated. You say, you're right, God made me that way. 
Evidence of God right there. I could stop. God has made us complex. Can I say, I, I, I did this thing yesterday. And I said, boy, I'm so frustrated, man. Then I was grateful that I didn't cut a main artery. And, um, thankful that, that, that God just, you know, is taking care of it. But then I'm at the doctor's office, and, and she's, she's talking about this thing's going to do this. Well, how long have I got to behave? She said, well, you can't do anything for 10 days. Are you kidding? No, no. But the body will heal. And she said, it'll be okay. In 10 days, we'll be fine. We'll take stitches out. We're good. And I began to think, how amazing. Do you know, if I, if I, if I broke this watch that incidentally had to have a, have a design and, and a manufacturer, it's whatever, you couldn't put all these pieces of a watch in a box and shake it for a million years and think a watch is going to come out. That's just not going to happen. But if you happen to be foolish enough to think that, let me ask you this. If the watch broke, would it fix itself? If something broke, it, it has no capacity to do anything because it takes an intelligence to plan for that, to prepare for that. God, in his amazing intellect and ability, designed a body to function and exist. And when it gets hurt, it has the capacity through that thing called cellular cellular reconstruction and, and, and the multiplication of the cell, then it heals itself. See, when I cut my, or cut my forearm on that glass, I ripped away a lot of cell, okay? About two inches worth. And then, but it's going to grow back together. It's going to heal. And I thought, God, how amazing, how complex is this body that it would function in such a way that you designed it from the very beginning. And it's always worth My last story. I've been thinking so much as I've talked to people the last few weeks. It's kind of depressing because a lot of people just don't even think about God. He's not on the radar screen. And so I, I, I was reminded of a conversation I had with a friend of mine. His, I, I had, uh, I never forget this, some years ago, I I was doing some stuff with the Campus Crusade, and a longtime buddy of mine invited me to come speak, and I was sharing and talking about Jesus, and he needed him to be saved, that God provided in his great love a process to, to be saved, to be forgiven of your sin, to know that your sins are forgiven, you have a relationship with God based not on religion but on faith, and God will change your life. In just a minute, we're going to give an invitation. And if you've never trusted Christ, I hope you'll do that. I hope you'll make a decision. We'll ask you to come forward. You, you can do that. Already, I'll walk you through it, talk you through it. Man, we'll, we'll let you get there. But don't let the reality of God pass you by. Because he can be known through Jesus. But I was sharing that story about Christ and, and the fact that he could save us. And So I, I spent the night with my buddy. And, and, and we went to, eat, went to church with him the next morning. And I... And I was, uh, and then uh, I spoke at a youth group. And then his mom and dad took us out to lunch. It was a great lunch. We ate at the Dunwoody Country Club. Yeah, yeah. I never been seen anything like it. 
They were so kind and sweet. They'd open up their home, and they'd let like 100 kids, teenagers, come in and meet for Bible study once a month. And, and so we were sitting there talking, and I was, I was man, I, I, it was, I was afraid to touch my plate, afraid to break. I'm sitting there, and we're talking, and it's a good thing. They're great people. And then his mom said, I got to ask you something. I heard what you said last night. I was listening. As you told people they needed to trust Christ, and she said this, I want to ask you a question. What about the people who've never heard about Jesus? Well, guys, I, I, I got to tell you, I'm thinking, oh, Lord, what do I say to her? And, and what do I do? Because she's not really going to like the answer. And I looked at her for a minute and I said, what do you mean? She said, I want to know, what is it if you've never heard of Jesus? Are you lost? And I said, the Bible says, no matter what I think, the Bible says, you are. You are. Because the heavens have declared there is a God. And he is to be sought after. And the Bible says, if you seek him, he'll find you. He reveals himself in ways that we might not can understand on the dark side of a continent that doesn't have a church or a preacher. God is able to communicate that He is because He's God. And somehow He stirs a soul. But the issue is not the person that's never heard in this room and in this county and in this state and in this country. As I said to her that day, I said, yes, they're lost. Because Romans says God's made himself known. And there's no excuse for not turning to him. And in whatever level of faith that is, I believe God does something amazing to honor it. But that's not the issue in your life. I looked at her. Because I want to know, what have you done with Jesus? Because you've heard. You've. And I don't know that you've ever said yes. And she began to cry. And she said, ah. Why not now? Man, our God. Wow, I tell you, why not now? Why not for you now? Trust Christ. Why not now? The evidence speaks for itself. How great is our God. Would you stand?